When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Train Gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's so good to be back. It's Matty Kiwum, and I am joined by my man, my fellow trade god brethren, Jason Allwine. Welcome to episode 19 of the trade gods how are you doing jay dude so good i'm glad you're back i missed you sorry about the trade gods invitational trades that i made to piss you off and make it's you okay. take a week off i know you, you know gotta cool your head sometimes i get it <laughs> but i'm glad you're back man i'm glad we can oh, make it glad up. to be back you know missing missing one week you know you think you'll be like oh you know no big deal but then you're sitting like mason i want to go back so I'm back, and we got a very, very special guest for episode 19. So why don't we just get it going? Do you want to introduce our guest? You want me to take it? It's I, it's I got you. It. I got okay. it. I could do it. I could do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to introduce the one, the only, the the salary captain, Aaron Stewart. The man behind the curtain, the man keeping the wheels going on player profiler behind the scenes all the time. I'm so excited he's able to join us on Trade Gods. Huge part of my advancement here. Huge part of everyone's growth here. Great man in the company. Just glad to have him here on the Trade Gods. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. What is going on, guys? What an introduction there, man. Like, golly. You've hyped me up. And how did you know, like, that was an old, like, high school, like, middle school nickname? It's A-Stew, right? <laughs> A-Stew, of course. a Stew's perfect. We're happy to have you. Very, very excited to talk some trades. And I kind of teased they are a new segment. We're going to kind of pivot a little bit. We usually like to break down three different trades, two in which we find on the Trade Finder, one from your our very own TGIF. Yeah. But this week, instead of talking about which trade's fair... We're taking all these trades to trade court, and we will decide. Each of us will side with either A or B. There will be winners crowned tonight in these trades. So let's get it going. All rise for the honorable trade gods. Oh, what an intro, Jason. You did it again. Let's talk about the first trade on tonight's slate. Team A is receiving A.J. Brown and a 2023 first round pick it is the 10th pick in that first round and they're moving away the 101 and the 105 in this year's draft this is a two qb league so that has the super flex spin on it hey Stu, 
What do you think about this trade when you first look at it? it involves one of your guys. When I look at this trade, I do go, man, that is a good, like, fair trade. Like, a trade that I go, no one's getting fleeced by this move at, at all. But when I really start to break it down, like, we're close to the NFL draft. So we're starting to put players in draft spots together. Like, the 101, even in Superflex, probably Bijan, right? Mm-hmm. And the 105, like... If if you go Bijan, you're guaranteed to get one of the top four rookie mm-hmm. quarterbacks, as you mentioned, Superflex. I look at the other side, I'm like, it's AJ Brown. Obviously, he's really, really good. The tenth pick, though, what's that gonna be? More than likely, it's one of these receivers, low BMI, that uh, doesn't really move the needle much. So when I think of it, it's like two receivers for possibly the a guy that two years time could be the dynasty RB one. And a quarterback, which in Superflex is key. Like, and if that's say if Will Levis, I'm not saying he's Josh Allen, but like that was where Josh Allen was going, right? Like mm-hmm. in that that particular draft class. And if Will Levis hits, right, like then this trade is a smash for the draft pick side, right? It has to be the. It's just such high end draft capital. The two QB format certainly drives home that extra value because. You know, if we're sitting in a one QB league, we're probably talking about the receivers or the running back three in the class at the 105. But when you're talking super flex, Bijan and the four quarterbacks are looking more and more concrete as we get into deeper and deeper into the rookie draft season. But AJ Brown, listen, if you're trying to acquire him, it is going to cost you a pretty penny. Almost 1,500 receiving yards. He was the run, uh, wide receiver eight on a points-per-game basis this year. Dominated in all kinds of metrics. Had a yards-per-route run over three. Fantastic. You love to see that. But I don't know. This draft pick side is getting me. Make me think I might want that draft pick side. Jason, what do you think here? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. You, I don't know if I want one of the bottom-tier quarterbacks, to be honest, uh, at five. I think if I'm sitting there at five, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jig, but I know I've hyped him up enough on this show. Um, especially if I'm trading away AJ Brown. So to put names to it being Bajon Robinson and Jackson Smith and Jigba for AJ Brown and Quentin Johnson, maybe, maybe a little lower than him, like say flowers. I'm taking the draft pick side for sure. Um, even with the quarterbacks, I think I'm taking the draft pick side. I, I, you know, you know, I'm a slim reaper guy, but AJ Brown is still fantastic. Still really good. And that's what it costs, but right. That's what it's called. But for the thought experiment, let's just talk about it this way because I think the super flex aspect, I think a lot of people are going to instantly go smash these two picks. You're going to mm-hmm. get one of the top four quarterbacks and you're going to get Bijan. It's a no doubter. And let's just say Anthony Richardson, he does go one on one to the Panthers and you fall for this type of skill set. You could take him there and then yeah. another quarterback at the 105 or Jackson Smith. So let's remove the super flex element. Does it move the needle back in the favor of AJ Brown if it's a one QB league, Aaron? I would say if it's one QB, yes, because like the Superflex was really just going, hey, more than likely, you're getting two receivers for a running back and a quarterback and Superflex. You take that out, though, and yeah, like the 10th pick becomes a lot less valuable mm-hmm. because that's not Zay Flowers. Like there's the potential case, right, of Zay Flowers being the fifth pick if it's a non, non-Superflex draft. Mm-hmm. And what does that 10th pick become? Just there, this class is just interesting i don't know if the 10th pick is a pick that in one qb leagues i'm really interested in i mean a guy will always fall but right now i like the picks 
obviously, when it's a super flex thought, but in a one QB, I think I might even like the picks more. I mean, Bijan and your wide receiver one or two, or if you want to double up at yeah. running back, you know, Jameer Gibbs could be there in one QB if the teams in front of you are looking wide receiver. There's a whole lot that you could come away with, and the fact that you're coming away with Bijan in this deal, ooh, that does make it awfully spicy. Jason, how do you feel if it's one QB? I think if it's one QB, it definitely makes me – Mm, it's closer for sure. Yeah, man, I don't know. I think I'm going. I think I might take the AJ Brown side. Okay, I think I'm. Like, I'm starting to believe that this is going to be one of those draft classes where we look back at some of the names going in the second round of rookie drafts and being mm-hmm. like, "Damn, why were they not a first round pick?" Um, yes. I know that's probably heinous to say right now, but I'm I'm starting to look at some of these names of guys that are going to be available, and I with proper landing spots and better draft capital, like on actual draft day, I think a lot of these guys are going to shoot up and some of the guys will fall. And I, I'm, we're not looking at a bunch of superstars, but I do think we're looking at a bunch of people who will be players producing on NFL teams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And and I, I, it was a sell for me a couple weeks ago. Anything from the 109, 110, 111, and 1QB, yeah. I was trading back to try to get into the second round because I want to take extra shots in that yeah. grouping because I think there is a whole lot of juice to be squeezed out of that part of the draft for rookies. Yeah. So we've talked about both sides. We've broken down whether it's 1QB, 2B, but QQB. In this situation, it is super flex. So my fellow, what do we call ourselves? Lawyers here, ju- judges. We're, Honor, tra- we're yeah, trade yeah. honorable <laughs> trade gods. My fellow honorable <laughs> trade gods, how are we ruling? Are we ruling for team A or are we ruling on team B? Aaron, you're our guest, so we're going to let you pick. What part do you want to go? Do you want to go first, second, or third in your judgment? Ooh, I'm going to go second. Okay. I'm going to give someone the pressure of being first here. At Joe Jason, do you want to go first or do you want to yeah, go third? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay, I'm trying first. to think of – oh, I've got it. All right. Team A is guilty of aggravated menacing towards <laughs> team B <laughs> and uh, team B is the better side of this trade um, for sure. <laughs> I think I, I raised that right. <laughs> I, uh, okay. All right. I like how you did it there. I'm not that smart to think on the fly as to how to, to persecute these sides. So I'm going to let Aaron go here and let's see if I even have to vote. Oh, I'm going to see. That's going to be tough to, to beat, but we'll make fun of Team A again. Team A is guilty. I'm just going too far into zero RB. Come on. Like, you can't pass up Bijan. You just can't. Okay. So then I am not going to have to rule. It is already two votes for Team B winning the side. But if I needed to vote, I would also vote Team B. I do think that it's nice to get A.J. Brown. But it's going to be super nice to get B. John Robinson and still have the flexibility at five. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for that team to take the fifth pick and flip it for maybe not A.J. Brown, but could you get a T. Higgins? Could you grab a Michael Pittman? There's a whole lot of really good wide receivers you could net with that fifth overall pick and still walk away with Bijan. Not to mention, if you're a QB needy team in Superflex, you're going to walk away with probably a starter over the next three years. So we all are unanimously voting for side B. I wish I had a gavel. <laughs> Trade. Lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> send him away. <laughs> yeah, so let's send him away. <laughs> All right, let's lock in trade number two. Oh, I can't find it here. So trade, we're going to go to trade three until I, I find trade, trade two. Trade two is so bad. Yeah, trade two. Trade two, I see it. I gotta, I'll find it. So trade number three here. We're going to go back. We're having a little fun here. 
This is a trade that happened in the TGIF, the Trade God Invitational Dynasty League. Side A acquired Saquon Barkley. But to get Mr. Barkley, they parted ways with Najee Harris, the 205 in a 2025 first round pick. Jason, what say you from the, about this trade in the W or W? I almost went WTF. See, I get rusty. One week off. I'm already rusty. But what are your thoughts here on the TGIF trade? It's fair. It's fair for sure. But I think that we will be coming out of this 2023 season saying that the Najee Harris side did win the trade. But as of right now, I'd say it's pretty fair. I mean, we're talking about it. I mean, we not we might not even have the NFL in 2025. So I'm <laughs> like, we just... always say that. We always say that. <laughs> We're always so dismissive of 2025 picks. We're like, who knows what's going to happen then? Who knows? I Kyle Shanahan it, man. Yeah, you got to go for it. Okay, so you're saying, okay, Najee Harris. Yeah, we could have like a nuclear war or something. Yo, come on, man. (laughs) What are you talking about? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to be doing this show forever. Don't be getting crazy, Jason. Aaron, please step in and help my man out. I can't be thinking about crazy stuff like that. So what's going on? What do you think of this trade? So stepping in, looking at this trade, man, love Barkley, right? Barkley proved a lot of people wrong because so many people were quick to write him off because he had the high ankle sprain. He was he was in, it was the year after an ACL injury. Then he had a high ankle sprain. So people are like, oh, he's washed. He doesn't look explosive. Well, duh. Like he's he wasn't healthy at all. And then he's healthy and he looks like the Barkley of of old. Maybe a right. little less explosive just due to some age, but Barkley was really good value in fantasy football. Funny enough, that's kind of the narrative with Najee Harris, too. Najee Harris, the rookie season, really good fantasy running back this past season. I mean, if you're on the same page as me and Jack Cavanaugh, like the moment we saw Liz Frank injury in the offseason last year, it was like, oh, we can't touch this guy because he's getting drafted in the first round. But people are drafting him in the first round because he's getting all these touches, And we started to see that towards the end of the season. When he started to get a little healthy, the volume was there. So the way I see this trade is, man, it sucks to lose Barkley, but it's great to get Najee Harris, who's been a proven guy that Pittsburgh will feed him volume. He can do it all. It may not be the most efficient. I don't care, though. As long as you're getting volume, I love it. Plus, to get some draft picks as well. Yeah, the first round pick in 2025, it's a little little far out there but still Mm -hmm. you're replacing a a workhorse running back with a workhorse running back that is younger and you're adding assets that you don't have to draft with those picks you can use those picks to potentially add to your team i love Najee and the assets getting the 205 i believe that's still a pick that's high enough where you can come away with a usable possibly even reliable fantasy player at the 205, uh, especially if you're looking at the wide receivers there. It's a crazy, crazy deep running back. So let's just say you come away with uh, a reliable running back or a receiver. It doesn't really matter. Hell, even a tight end. All of that is absolutely usable. And I think I think we were right, Aaron. I think it's Najee and Barkley are close enough. You know, Barkley's had his 
fair share of ups and downs throughout his career. I mean, think about his, his rookie season where he had basically 2,000 all-purpose yards. He was an absolute stud. But Najee Harris, even though he's been kind of considered of, of a down year in 2022, had 10 total touchdowns, averaged 13.2 fantasy points a game, and has had over 1,000 yards rushing in both of his NFL seasons. So I think the margin is not so big. The gap isn't so big between the two. So mm, I do think this Najee side is basically interesting. But all of a sudden, Barkley comes out healthy. Man, he's an absolute league winner, but I think we're all kind of on the same page here. So, Aaron, you're going to go first this time. Where are you ruling? You're going to go with Barkley's side or you're going to go with the assets side? I'm going to go with the asset side, and I'm going to say that the Barkley side is just guilty of falling for Barkley of a few years ago. Like, you just you can't. You potentially have younger Barkley in terms of volume. So, you know, you're guilty of what 2018 uh falling in love with 2018 Barkley all over again yeah hey and believe it or not the two running backs they're actually only about a year of, uh, apart in terms of age because Najee was a little That's bit older crazy. of a prospect and Barkley obviously feels like he's been around forever but he's still only 26 years of age uh, I am also you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Barkley side not because I believe it to be the better side but because why don't we not just let's just let's split it. Let's have a decision. Let's have an ultimate ruling with my fellow trade god brethren, Honorable Jason Allwine. How are you splitting this pick here? Because I'm taking Barkley and Aaron's taking Najee in the assets, which sounds like a pretty great R and B band. Uh, Najee in the assets. That's not even R and B. I sometimes I don't know why you let me sing, Jason. Why don't you step in when I embarrass myself on trade god? It's entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, we've already clipped that. I mean, you're talking to the two guys that can clip anything right now. Clip it. What time is it? Where are we at for time here to clip it? <laughs> Jason, uh, what do you got here? Even though it's entirely possible that the oceans rise and flood the entire continent and we don't have NFL football in 2025, I'm still going to acquit Team B, the Najee Harris side of any criminal charges and they have walked out of the courtroom <laughs> successful today i'm gonna walk out of the courtroom depressed if you keep this up jason okay we are no longer breaking down 2025 tra- uh, draft picks because i can't take this any longer it's too good but okay so this the award the awarded side goes to team b the Najee and the assets Najee and the assets it's like benny and the jets kind of oh i should have went there that's where I should have went. I should have went Benny and the Jets melody. Before, and then the I went do 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 do. Oh, sing it to me. Give it to me. Naji and the assets. <laughs> Clip it. Clip yeah. it. All right. The last trade we are going to talk about. It's a good one, and it's involving another one of Aaron's guys. Another one of my favorites. Team A is acquiring the eighth pick in the first round of a 2023 rookie draft. This is a super flex format and Team B is getting the new Chicago Bear wide receiver one, DJ Moore. I gotta say this. I'll start us off here. DJ Moore going to the Chicago Bears should be celebrated in the likes of Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo and AJ Brown going to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Everyone is down on Justin Fields. Justin Fields threw the ball th- the basically towards the end of the league. He only had he was 27th in pass attempts, and the Bears were 32nd, dead last in pass plays 
per game. But if you go back in time, let's go back to 2019. Josh Allen and the Bills were in a very similar boat. They were like 23rd, 25th in pass plays per game. He was below uh, the average in terms of his pa- his passing attempts and his accuracy metrics, his efficiency metrics. They were all shit. They weren't good. Then they get Stephon Diggs, and everything goes up dramatically. But you know what didn't? The pass plays per game. That stayed below league average. So he was super efficient. He was hyper effective, and that led to massive fantasy production. Let's talk about 2022. The Jalen Hurts led Eagles. They were still not a massive passing attack. They were, I think, 25th in pass plays per league, for, per attempt uh, a game. And before that, it was a very similar trend. Bad in efficiency. Bad accuracy metrics. They go ahead and get A.J. Brown. A lot of that spikes. And now Justin Fields has his guy, D.J. Moore. And I don't think it's crazy to think that D.J. Moore is the best prospect profile out of all three of these receivers. He was drafted highest. He had, was the most dominant in college. He had the best breakout age. He had the highest college target share. He had the best workout metrics. You cross out those three key areas I don't know why people are not super excited about DJ Moore in Chicago. So I love DJ Moore. I think I know where I'm going to vote here. But I'm wondering, Aaron, what do you have to say about your boy DJ Moore and how do you like this trade? I love DJ Moore. And I have kind of taken my stance on the Bears trade is I'm not overly optimistic, but I think like it's a good way of evaluating this of like, let's say that just with DJ Moore, like you went to like Josh Allen getting digs and suddenly the Bills start passing. Let's just say that the Bears, for whatever reason, they just stick to like running with Justin Fields. It doesn't become pass heavy. DJ Moore is still probably going to be that that wide receiver too. But despite that, like I would still rather have DJ Moore than the 108 because, you know, when you start, we're in the middle of rookie fever, right? Where we get excited about the new things, but the player, and it's likely a receiver, right? Maybe Jameer Gibbs falls potentially. But more than likely, if Gibbs doesn't fall, you're taking a receiver and you're just hoping that that receiver can have the career of DJ Moore, right? Like Moore's never really been the he's elite prospect. That's why I love him. But he's never been a wide receiver one. But that doesn't matter in this case. Like still, you've got to have those guys that are still going to give you a solid floor. DJ Moore still flashes from time to time. Hey, if I'm looking at the 108 or DJ Moore, give me the receiver that has done it year after year after year in a bad season. He was what wide receiver 33 in points per game. I'll I'll gladly take DJ Moore over the 108. Jason, anything you'd like to add here when it comes to DJ Moore versus the 108 in this trade court debate? I'm on the same side as you guys. I will preface with this, but I'm going to be a little controversial here. Um, I love oh, more I, controversial than we're not going to have football in 2025. Yeah. More controversial probably than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I'm not as high on DJ Moore as you guys, but I do think you guys have swayed me a lot. Um, I do. I obviously understand the prospect and everything. I just, to me, it, it's not even quite a gut feeling. I just don't, I don't feel the same superstar draw from TJ Moore that I do from digs that I do from AJ Brown. I know the production is there. I know the consistency is there, but I, I, I I don't know. I I'm, I'm not going to say it's AJ Brown to the Eagles, Stephon Diggs to the bills. I might say it's Marquise Brown to the Cardinals, Um, (laughs) which was good, which was good, uh, which was really good. And Marquise Brown was pretty productive there before getting hurt. And the Arizona Cardinals offense was flying hot. Um, 
I just I I don't see the Bears taking God, I don't know. I just don't I don't see it. I I don't see the 1500 yards double digit touchdowns coming from a Chicago Bears wide receiver. Um but still I'm taking DJ Moore over the 8th pick for sure, 100%. <laughs> so Stefan Diggs, the year before he was traded, had 14.3 fantasy points per game. He was yeah. wide receiver 24 on a points per game basis. DJ Moore, we said he was 33 this past year, so a little bit, a little bit worse off. But the thing is, this is why I, I, I think it's super. You have to be super careful about like getting too wound up in what we think of a superstar when it comes to DJ Moore, because DJ Moore was drafted higher than both Diggs and AJ Brown. DJ Moore is a better athlete than both of them. He's only 15 pounds or so lighter than AJ Brown. Does that make a big difference? Sure, AJ Brown's a beast, but DJ Moore is absolutely the stud wide receiver. He's bigger than Stephon Diggs. He can handle the workload. We've seen him get a massive, massive amount of targets. He had 160 targets in 2021, uh, but he was catching them from the likes of Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, far past his prime, Baker Mayfield, Jason Allwine, Aaron Stewart, Matty Keum, all of these type of quarterbacks were tossing the ball to DJ Moore. And like I said, a lot of people are getting hung up on the Bears not throwing the ball a lot, yeah. but neither did the Bills or the Eagles. It was about the efficiency metrics and the accuracy metrics. And remember, coming out of college, Justin Fields was not labeled this scrambler, this runner of the football. Yeah. He was a guy who could chuck the ball downfield. He was a hyper-efficient passer, and I think he sees a hell of a lot more of that with DJ Moore. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a – a wide receiver room that I think is going to be kind of underrated going into draft season. Chase Claypool, we all kind of are kind of out on him, but he is athletic. D- Darnell Mooney is a thousand yard receiver in the NFL. Yeah, this is a three a three headed monster along with Cole Komet. And now after tonight's signing, Bobby Tunyon is that? Can we count him as part of the the the, the onslaught here? I don't know, but I either guess. way, I don't know. Poor Komet, right? Either I way, I'm taking DJ Moore, and in my opinion, this is the worst trade of the night. So not only will I throw yeah. team a in contempt, I will throw them in my courtroom prison for making such a bad trade. <laughs> and, and same, you know, a team a it's like, it let's, let's face it. If you've had DJ Moore for a while in the back of your mind, if you play dynasty, you're always waiting for that perfect time to sell a player. And if, if it was last season, you're like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get anything for DJ Moore. And you finally get a chance to sell DJ Moore. And you're telling me this is all you could get. Might as well have just kept holding, kept holding, right? Like mm-hmm. wait, you could have waited all the way up to week one. If you were hesitant about, you know, the bears offense, nothing would have changed between now and week one. So it just seems like a person, like they're guilty, just being impatient, trading just to trade, not properly capitalizing on the hype here with DJ Moore. I traded DJ Moore at the end of last year for Isaiah Pacheco in a playoff run, and I needed a running back. And I loved it at the time. I haven't slept much, boys, since this trade. I ain't going to lie. It's kept me up at night. Not having DJ Moore, it's going to cause me to do something silly in my league's rookie draft this year to get him back because I'm going to go full Batman in uh, when he got he got the the accountant in in the Dark Knight Rises or whatever. What was that one? What was the second one? The Joker one. That's going to be me getting DJ Moore back. I'm going to heist it out. I'm going to do whatever. Pull out all the stops. Get a freaking airplane to fly overhead. Do whatever I got to do. Covert op mission. So this guy, this team A has already been thrown in jail. But Jason. What do you think here? Are you gonna are you, yeah. are you throwing them away too? You taking team B? 
Yeah, I'm not only throwing them away, but I'm giving them the first official trade gods ankle monitor, computer monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime a trade offer is sent to them, we're getting beeped and we're going to know that they are doing something wrong that they shouldn't have. And that's that's the punishment that Team A is getting for settling, settling for a, for the number one overall pick in this draft. I might accept it on draft day, you know, it, because sometimes people fall and they're like, oh, the player I want is there at eight. I'll trade DJ more. But yeah. this close to it, you can't expect that to happen at all. And yeah, I'm not I'm not liking any of the wide receivers outside of Jackson Smith and Jig, but more than DJ Moore. So this this uh, this trade, not only is teammate getting thrown in jail, that you're right. They're on a year long trade probation. And if yeah. that ankle beeps, we're coming for you. We're sending <laughs> not us because we're we're the honorables. But we're sending the we're sending the goons to make sure that you take care of because no, this trade is not good. And Rob the Harry Snowman he agrees with a DJ Moore in a heartbeat. So to recap, okay, we all sided with the picks over AJ Brown. We all sided with Najee and the assets. Najee and the assets. Oh my God, that will be in my head until the end of time now. Which if you're, you're Jason could be before 2025. Come on, dude. Hey, no, there'll be survivors. <laughs> dude, I've been watching The Last of Us. I don't need this other type of stuff in my head right now. I'm already paranoid about mushrooms. I don't like them anymore. I don't blame dude. That scene in episode two where she's getting kissed by the mushrooms is so gross. I haven't been eating a mushroom since. Let's put it that way. I have not eaten a mushroom since The, the, the Last of Us came out. The movie, the show, not the game, because I haven't played the game. And then we all sided with DJ Moore, but not only did we side with DJ Moore, we threw Team A in jail, and we're giving him a year-long probation because we did not like it. But we're not just going on a whim here. We're going to use the trade analyzer. That's right. So if you want to talk about some trades or you want to break down a trade online, you go to the Dynasty Dominator, you go to Trade Analyzer, you pop in your names, pop in your picks, boom. We will give you a score, a lifetime value score one way or another. It's a great way to get your mind right, kind of see where you're at in terms of what you're offering or what you're being offered. We threw all three of these trades in to the trade analyzer on playerprofiler.com. Trade one, A.J. Brown versus the two picks. Trade analyzer sides with all of us with team two with 34.6 lifetime value points. Second trade that we talked about, Saquon Barkley and Najee and the assets. The trade analyzer also agrees with us quite a bit that the the better side was the Najee and the asset side. And the trade analyzer did also side with us in DJ Moore over the 108, but it was razor, razor thin. So now I'm thinking I'm going to have to throw the trade analyzer in contempt because you can't be calling that my boy DJ like that. You can't be doing that. But that's going to wrap up trade court aaron how'd it feel to uh enter the court with the honorable trade gods you killed so it. much you killed it so much power in my hands right like oh loved it loved it loved putting uh ankle monitors on people like hey look <laughs> like you know if you're doing silly stuff in dynasty you know we can't allow any more <laughs> you know it's also funny you take this fictional scenario where we have no power but perceived power on on our podcast and on our youtube show and we immediately start throwing people in jail giving them year-long probation sending goons after them all this stuff you know it's just just the nasty side of power but hey we were the honorable trade gods and we 
had to rule on those trades. It is and business. you don't see any business. other Underworld show doing that. <laughs> no other Underworld show is talking about the end of the world. No, <laughs> no, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Stay away from that, everybody, because when I, when Jason has to talk to me on the phone at, at 3.30 a.m. because I can't fall asleep, it's your fault, Jason. It's going to be your fault. I'm a deep sleeper, man. I might not pick up. Well, <laughs> That also makes that also setting me into a bit of a tizzy, even in and of itself. So we're gonna get off this subject. We're gonna digress. We're gonna move on. We also have a buy candidate and a sell candidate. But before we dive into that segment, I want to talk to each and every one of you listeners about the Dynasty Dominator app. It has the lifetime value lookup tool, the trade analyzer, and the player comparison tool. And if you're out and about, hey, maybe you're running from cordycep mushroom infected humans. Who knows? You're on the move. You need to find out who won the trade. You need to find out what player compares to who. Well, the trade, the Dynasty Dominator app is the only trade analyzer that is a true mobile app. And it works for Apple and Android. And right now we do have the projected values for the 2023 yeah. rookies and the 2023 rookie class so we got it all and it's mobile you can get it on apple you can get it on android so get the dynasty dominator app today and take your dynasty gaming to a whole nother level so it is custom it's custom here where jason picks which are we going with are we going with the buys first jason or are we going with the sales why don't we let Aaron pick? Aaron, do you have an idea? Oh, let's see. Let's get the cells out of the way. Okay. You know, we get the, the comments booing us and, and everything, you okay. know, because we're going to list their favorite players. Yeah. Okay, that's what we'll do. Let's get into it right now. It's time to buy and sell. So we got our cells here. I am selling Rashad. Any Aaron is selling Chris Olave. And Jason is selling Miles Sanders, naughty boy, Aaron. Why are you selling Chris Olave, man? For me, with Chris Olave, it's not a question of like the talent or anything. What he did his rookie season was remarkable. Efficiency metrics like off the chart, right? Like if you look at route win rate, uh, uh, yards per route run, which is one of my favorite wide receiver stats. Yards per team pass attempt, like those. Uh, the last two of those, he's top 10. The The routes win rate is number 12. What that tells me is like, this is a good receiver, but like the price, like I, I looked at two different places. Of course, our dynasty rankings on player profiler, where he is wide receiver 10 and keep trade cut is even higher at wide receiver eight. Wow. I reference them just because it's, it's nice whether like you look solely at player profiler and you trust just our rankings. And that is completely understandable. Like you need to look at other rankings too, because there are people that that's what they do. They just look at one particular rankings. You could even pull up like fantasy pros if you so choose. But the takeaway on this is that like his value is really, really high. Top 10 dynasty receiver. I just don't know in fantasy football if he's ever going to be a top 10 wide receiver, which I know is hot, right? I talked about the efficiency metrics, but also the opportunity metrics were super high too. He was number 20 in targets and more importantly, number 10 in target rate. Like he wasn't running a lot of routes run. That was a big argument that I had during the season. Starter sit streams, always got Chris Olave questions. 
it, towards the end of the season was just like, no, don't play Chris Olave. I get it. Like it's, it's nice. He'll do just enough to where you're like, oh yeah, I can play him. But he wasn't winning you weeks in fantasy football. In fact, there were weeks that Rashad, uh, Rashid Shahid was outscoring him. Uh, and I love Shahid. Not saying Shahid is a better player than Olave, but Olave was not helping you win in fantasy football. So the entire season, Chris Olave looked nice. Wide receiver 25 in points per game in PPR. I kind of feel like that's where he's always going to hover. Funny enough, that's kind of what DJ Moore has been. He's never been an elite wide receiver. Jason mentioned that, and that is objectively true. Like DJ Moore has never been a top 10 receiver. I have a hard time believing at Chris Olave with the athletic build and everything. He's, he's slim, right? Like I love using the data analysis tool, not to just sort by stats, but I, I like to pull up. I'm like, Chris Olave, let me look at receivers with first and second round draft capital that are within the same height, the same BMI, so that I can see these players that are built like Chris Olave, that are drafted similar to Chris Olave. How do they historically do? And the BMI was a big one because really I could only get a sample size of about 26 players. There's some good ones. Justin Jefferson fit in there, but he's he's the unicorn, right? Yep. Like it, mm -hmm. it, you can't compare any receiver to Justin Jefferson. What he's done his first three years is unbelievable. Historic. But, he was almost toward he was almost out of the BMI range. If you look closer to the BMI, there's Calvin Ridley, there's Will Fuller. Those guys each had one season of being a top 10 wide receiver. They were never able to do it. And I get it, there's reasons. They were they have not been able to do it in more than one season. That's kind of my fear with Chris Olave. And when I look at like where he's going, how he's being valued across all of fantasy football and dynasty, I go. Not that I'm rushing to get rid of them, but if I get a good deal, I'm like, I'm going to capitalize. I know it's a quick turnaround there, but this is also going to be one of the high points for any player in Dynasty. You wait three or four years, there becomes the DJ Moore thing. I'm pretty sure the person that traded DJ Moore for the 108 was just so ready for years to trade DJ Moore for anything that they just were like, finally, I can get a first round pick for more and they panic sell. If someone was able to offer me like really good deal there, uh, honestly, my, one of my like probably favorite moves would be like, if I could trade them for the like, Chris Godwin plus, cause you know, you're going to get more than Chris Godwin dynasty. Olave is young. Chris Godwin's not old by any means. I'm not worried about the Tampa Bay situation. Godwin proved that he was good. This isn't a spoiler on my vibe, by the way, but just, Godwin, that was his first season back from a late season ACL, and he only like dominated PPR, right? So you could trade Chris Olave for Chris Godwin plus, because Godwin's been a top 15 receiver in points per game four straight seasons. Chris Olave just wishes he could have that career with Chris Godwin. I just don't see it. I feel like just looking at analytics and stuff, it's the safer bet is to say Olave is good. He's he's fine, it's not bad but he's never like those guys just don't take the next leap. Mm -hmm. Make me unpopular at player profiler. I know. Let me, let's play an impromptu name game situation. So I'm going to rattle off some names. I want to know if you'd rather have Olave or this receiver. Ooh. And Jason, you can chime in too. I'd love to hear your, your yeah. thoughts here. Stefan Diggs or Olave in dynasty. Me. I'll, I'll take Diggs. Aaron. I'll, I'll take Diggs. Jackson Smith, Najigbo or Chris Olave in dynasty. I'll go first on this one. I, 
Man, that's tough. I'm gonna go with Jackson Smith and Jigba, the receiver that did outproduce Olave like the in his sophomore season. Jason yeah. and Chris Olave literally said that Jackson Smith and Jigba is better than him. Him and Gary Wilson said it mm-hmm. in an interview. So, um, however, I'm landing spot dependent on Jackson Smith and Jigba for that question. If I can cop out like that, you can absolutely. You're a go- you're a trade god. You can do whatever you yeah. want, my friend. T Higgins or Chris Olave? Olave. Probably Olave because Higgins kind of falls in that like. He's never going to be the number one guy. Devontae Smith or Chris Olave? Slim Reaper. (laughs) Slim Reaper as well. The dude won Heisman. So it is a lot closer, I think, than maybe you even realize because we just talked about the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 15th wide receiver on our Dynasty rankings, and Olave is at 10. So if one of those names creeps up and you can get one plus, Mm -hmm. I think that might be a pretty sharp move. Very, very good, Aaron. I think you even swayed someone in our chat. Uh, they, uh, Ben says, thanks for cementing my reasoning for trading Olave. So very good, Aaron. Now, Jason, why are you trading the newest Carolina Panther, Miles Sanders? All right. I guess first off, it's just I don't like the landing spot. You know, I think the biggest thing in terms of fantasy running back production is being on a good offense. I mean, touchdowns are so, so important, especially for a running back like Miles Sanders. He's not going to get a lot of touchdowns. He's just not. He's probably maybe going to get a decent amount of volume. Maybe, maybe. But here's some stats I have for you guys. Last season, even though this was his best season, he had eight games under 10 points. Eight, eight games under 10 points. Ridiculous. Uh, 43rd in points per opportunity. 28th in yards per touch. 29th in breakaway run weight. One weight. (laughs) You do that? I I always do that. That's what I always do on this show is one weight. Break away, one way. <laughs> oh my God, he just gritted on the Tway Gods. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, fiftieth in yards created per touch. Clearly benefited from just being on the Eagles, a run, one of the best run offense in the league, mind you. And mm-hmm. he had a couple games, three games, I think, where he had about thirty points. Two of which over thirty, one at like twenty nine. So. Obviously, boomed a couple weeks. He's not going to boom like that on the Panthers. You can go ahead and put that at Sharpie. Um, and yeah, I mean, even this, I think that Chuba's going to have a slightly bigger role than Kenneth Gainwell did on the Eagles last season. 26.4% snap share for Gainwell last year. Chuba had a lower snap share over the course of the season, but obviously Christian McCaffrey was there for a little bit. So from week 11 onward, Chuba didn't go below 35%, even had a couple weeks where he was above 60%, ended the year at 74.5% snap share. And the coach or GM, somebody with the Panthers, somebody high up came out and said that they want to have a three-headed backfield. Like they're going to let Raheem Blackshear have some carries, at least during training camp and everything. Um, So I just... I don't know why they signed him to a four-year contract, if I'm going to be completely honest. I know like that's something you could follow the money and be like, they want to give him a good role. Sure. Uh, but I just don't. I mean, the production wasn't even necessarily there for the Eagles outside of a few games. It's not going to be there for a bad offense in the Carolina Panthers. Aaron, anything you want to add to Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders has quickly gone from like everyone immediately going, ah, like he sucks, right? Because the playoffs, he fell off to like this yeah. – this is probably a good chance to sell Miles Sanders because the nice four-year contract too and everything. There's no Dante Foreman. He is officially signed with oh the, Bear. the Bears. The Bears. Yeah, yes. Bears. So like you know, it, you can make the selling point of going like you know it. There really isn't much that he's competing with. Um, you know, if my probably my only uh, my 
I guess, rebuttal to that is going maybe not the right time, mainly because you could probably wait a little bit because it's the public perception. Everyone was trying to sell Miles Sanders. So trying to find a buyer is going to be the tough thing. But like the logic of it is is sound. It's just if trying to find the one person to leak. Yeah. It seemed like everyone yeah. wanted to sell Miles Sanders. Yeah, That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I, not, I, it's almost a, anything. It's almost like a get anything kind of deal for me. I'm 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 close mm. to that. I'm close to that. Like I might be happy with a second round pick for this guy. See, I'm the. I was gonna say the opposite. I'm not opposed to selling, but I would recommend playing a little hardball when you put him on the block. And the only reason why, the real only thing that's keeping me where I think I like this landing spot was what he did in his rookie season, where he had. 50 catches and 500 receiving yards. He's capable of getting a lot of production in the backfield. He's proved that. In his rookie year, he had 13 all-purpose yards. He had 800 rushing yards, 500 receiving. If they're going to give him the four-year contract and let the man cook, he could be somebody that's worth holding on to. But I'm not opposed to selling at all because I do think that to rely on what he did in 2019 is not strong process. Uh, it's part of kind of my analysis here but it's not probably the i can't be too too dug in because of what he did as a rookie uh, after he had you know a few bad seasons but what i want to ask you guys if you're going to try to trade him you said you would take maybe a second round pick so let's put some names to the picks so our listeners can kind of get an idea of what range would we be taking because some super flex listeners some one qb listeners might not exactly know what the 105 like the 110 means or the 205 means so let's talk about rookie running backs i'm not going to talk about Bijan or jameer i think that's a slam dunk but here we have running backs three through six on our rankings for rookies would you rather have Miles Sanders or Zach Charbonnet? And let's say they're all C-plus landing spots. No one goes to like, oh, my God, this is a home run. Let's say it's middle of the road, solid, not terrible landing spots. Zach Charbonnet or Miles Sanders? Assuming that it's at least a decent landing spot, I'm probably going Charbonnet. Okay. What about you, Aaron? Charbonnet or Sanders? Let's Charbonnet. say – Okay. It's mainly because running backs at that age, like it's so quick, right? right? Absolutely, like, I I agree. I'm going Charbonnet for sure yeah. if they're both. Because let's say, well, let's. I think we can all agree that the Panthers' landing spot was one of the better places he could have gone in free agency to elevate that that value. It, also, that's kind of a reason why you sell, right, Jason? Like his value did spike perceivably, so that's kind of what you can right. kind of take advantage of. So let's just say, would you take Miles Sanders or Roshan Johnson on a decent landing spot? I'm, I'm taking Roshan. And and Roshan, I mean, Cody's converted me, right? It's yeah, yeah. just it, it, Cody says he's good. I'm I'm willing to trust him on this because I know nothing about the rookie class, really. <laughs> this is a this is a little bit more landing spot dependent for me with Roshan because I do think that Miles Sanders might be a little bit better at running back, but I do like the size of Roshan, so I'm going to call that one a draw for me. Kendra Miller or Miles Sanders with a decent landing spot. For me, I'm gonna go with Kendra. Like I've, I'm really being sold on. I love the fact that he's super young. Like he's not even 21. I love that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going Kendra. Yeah. And last one but not least, Devon A. Chain or Miles Sanders. Okay, that one I might go Miles Sanders because because I mean I hey I listened to your game plan and yeah, um, yeah I mean like that that frame that build is definitely concerning with him. Or I mean like. You can be fast, but can you take NFL hits on a day-to-day basis? I mean, that's that's going to be the concern there. 
And he's a super landing spot dependent rookie, in my opinion, given yeah. what role can he use straight out of the yeah. gate. So, Aaron, you go Miles Sanders or Devon A. Chain? It would be Miles Sanders for the for the same reason. So just going like, look, at least the other three rookie running backs, like there is a case that can be made that those guys can, you know, if they're not like bell cow running backs, they have profiles of they could become a primary back, handle the handle the ball, Devin A. Chain. That size, I feel like it's you're hoping that he gets on a very creative offense to generate touches to him. For me, it's like dolphins are bust for him. I just think Mike McDaniel's the type that can really utilize it. Don't you dare put that on him. I do not want him going with Isaiah Pacheco. Hey, what are, you don't want him as like the McKinnon replacement? No, no. I don't know if he can catch like McKinnon. I, you know who I want as a McKinnon replacement? Isaiah Goddamn Pacheco. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want, selfishly. But no, I am taking Miles Sanders in this landing spot over Devon A. Chain. So I think what that puts us in the range here is depending if it's 2QB, Superflex, or 1QB, anywhere from like the 107, 108 maybe to like the 203, 204. So that grouping of picks, uh, I think there's absolutely fair game. If you're trying to move on from Miles Sanders, my cell is Rashad Penny and it's, it's simple. This guy had no value at the end of the season. He was injured again. He signs with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. All of a sudden there's this perceived spike, this elevation in his value. People were excited. People are saying it's going to be his breakout season. Eh, wrong. You are so wrong. He has yet to have played more than 13 games in a season. That was his rookie year where he only had 85 rushes. If that thing, if that, that rush attempt number goes to 100, you're probably looking at less than 10 games. This guy is super, super injury prone. He cannot stay on the field, which is sad because he's big, he's fast, he's best comparable to Melvin Gordon, which is fantastic. But I love Kenneth Gainwell. I think this is good for Kenneth Gainwell's stock because he is so prone to getting hurt. And I don't think this keeps them from drafting someone in the third or fourth round, which could also deflate his value. So I'm going to go out and trade Rashad Penny right now, like literally ASAP before the draft to try to recoup some value on a sunken asset. Anything you guys want to add about Rashad Penny before we move to our buys? Um, I get I get the sell given the spike in value. But I probably will be buying him. When I'll say with Eagles, oh sorry, I, I, I'll buy him when he inevitably gets hurt for sure. <laughs> you're gonna buy him when he's he gets hurt. Yeah. So when his value dips again, you're gonna buy. Yeah. You can't get away. You can't no. stay away. No. Rashad Penny, he, in, look, he's 27 now, so he's yeah. he's already in that vaunted age of running back, and he's yet to stay healthy. So. Yeah, I understand trying to buy when the value dips. That's just good process. I mean, that's just smart. Yeah. We always preach that here on the trade gods. So when you when his value is depressed, buy. And if it's inflated, sell. So that's why I'm selling. What are you doing with Rashad Penny, Aaron? There we go. And my apologies for interrupting Jason there because I can hear in the background that I've got a thunderstorm coming in. So I'm like, great. This is perfect timing that, you know, my internet may be a little spotty there. But and Texas just, can't handle any kind of weather. It, it, right, right. It really can't. But I really with Philadelphia running backs, I like what you mentioned, Maddie. Like the, the truth is like the, the penny signing isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more likely going to bring someone in as, as a rookie. Plus they, they re-sign Boston Scott and a decent amount of money too. Like it is like more 2 million. Penny. Yeah. It's like 2 million for, for Scott. Like it's, my takeaway on this is I'm like, it's going to be an ugly running back by committee. I definitely don't want Penny. Like though you, I can't really add more than just a running back that's already 27 dealing with injuries. Like you can't invest anything mm. of any value 
in that in Dynasty. I'm not a Gainwell fan. Uh, it's it kind of comes with like Chris Olavic. When you really break down like players that look like Kenneth Gainwell in the draft capital and everything, I feel like Gainwell is always going to be the player that looks great in the efficiency metrics. But the thing that always held Gainwell back was not pass catching, great pass catcher. It was will he get on the field more? Because he was mm-hmm. around a 20, 25% opportunity share. The signing of Penny, the signing of Scott. Like what I'm kind of reading between the lines of the Eagles is they're like, they're not going to unlock Gainwell. They're just like, you Mm -hmm. know, we're going to run this committee back. So don't run out and get Gainwell. I'm telling you, it's ugly. You can use data analysis to kind of do the same thing. Like look at BMI, look at uh, the fifth round draft capital. You know, you'll find a Darren Sproles comparison, of course, but that's the unicorn a player profiler, I applaud them because the best comparable player is Naheem Hines for Gainwell, mm-hmm. and that is, in fact, what Gainwell is. will yes. look great. He'll be our fantasy darling for our company, but he's not going to move the needle at all in fantasy football. So that's going to wrap up uh, Aaron's stay here on the show because he just talked about my boy Ganny, Henny Gainwell like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point Definitely oh no there's point. an ankle monitor how does he get here <laughs> we got you like that okay so those are our cells Rashad Penny, Chris Olave and Miles Sanders now let's go to the buys two quarterbacks and a wide receiver Mac Jones, Hollywood Brown and the handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you're looking at Jimmy G and Jason Allwine in the same frame. Take it easy, ladies. Take it easy. It's a, it's a handsome bunch right there. But anyway, I'll get us started on Mac Jones. This is a super flex two QB conversation. This is your chance to buy a former 15th overall first round draft pick in the NFL. This is your chance to get in a quarterback that does have some I mean, a massive amount of room for improvement. He had a good rookie campaign where he threw for 3,800 yards, 12 touchdowns, and then last year was an absolute train wreck, but can you blame him? He had a defensive coordinator, offensive line coach, calling the offensive plays, calling screens every fifth play. It was an absolute train wreck. It was terrible. If there's any type of outside variable that you can kind of factor in on a guy improving at a crazy rate, it's this one. When you go from Matt Patricia as your OC to Bill O'Brien. Now, part of this buy was my my thinking started a couple days ago before the Juju Smith-Schuster trade, I mean signing, because my thought was, a lot of people are going to be saying to themselves, Mac Jones is more of a game manager. He's someone who needs his Jalen Waddle, his Slim Reaper, his Jameson Williams, all the ridiculous receivers that were Alabama. That's what's going to cause him to succeed. And when you looked at the wide receiver room in New England, it was Jason Allwine, Matty Q, and Aaron Stewart. It was really bare. So, uh, <laughs> so but now Juju, that is absolutely going to raise his value a tiny bit, but I would try to buy because the rumors swirling up here in New England is they will go after another wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins has been named, and I think that could – that mix of receivers, if you have, you know, uh, Ken, uh, I don't know, my brain just shut off, Juju Smith-Schuster, D-Hop, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, those type of players, uh, real speedy guys there that can come in at the end, I do think that he could be a whole lot better than he was last year. So this is your chance to buy a quarterback and Superflex at a price that's not going to completely break the bank, but the upside is certainly there. Either one of you guys have anything you'd like to add on Mr. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. <laughs> Well, real quick with Hopkins, 
Uh, they The Patriots already have the one person that can stop DeAndre Hopkins, and that's Bill O'Brien at offensive coordinator. I just, oh, yeah. It would be well, great television him. to have DeAndre Hopkins, Bill O'Brien reunited. Like, if that's not a TV comedy series, right, then I, I don't know what is. But, yeah, with, with Mac Jones, especially Superflex, like, I get it because a guy that I debated about talking about was Kenny Pickett and it's because of Superflex. Yeah, everyone wants to have like Mahomes and Herbert, you know, as your two Superflex QBs, but you know, sometimes you got to roll with the uh, the unsexy picks, right? Like I know one of my, my favorite quarterbacks and like shout out to Chris Wanagara, who is one of my closest friends in this industry and a member of the Fantasy Intelligence Network for Player Profiler. We both like Jared Goff for many years because he was dirt cheap and he was still going to play like Mac Jones will probably still have like at worst, right? Looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like at worst, that's Mac Jones career path, right? Mm -hmm. And he's just constantly the starting quarterback. So yeah, like in dynasty, you're getting starts, you're getting fantasy points. Yeah. It might not be the high upside, but you know, like, especially at cost and everything, I don't hate going and buying Mac Jones because I do feel like public perception is the lowest it's been on him and what a difference a year has made too. Insane. And like I said, the, the addition of Bill O'Brien, if they get him some more weapons, we're not looking at a top 12, top 15 guy, but you know, could he hover a little bit outside that, you know, top 17, top 18. I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. And if, you know, the stars align and, now he's kind of in a shootout division with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Aaron Rodgers-led Jets. Could there be more scoring? Yeah, there definitely could be. So we could see a QB 13, QB 14 on a points-per-game basis possibility, and you're definitely going to be able to buy him a lot cheaper than that. Jason, anything you want to add about Mac Jones? If not, go ahead and take it away with the handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, just, just be wary of Bailey Zappi. They love him. They do love him here. But I also think that could be uh, a a reason to buy Mac Jones because, like Aaron said, he will be coveted. And if they decide, you know what, Zappy's the guy, and they and they trade him away, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he's throwing the ball to Devontae Parker and his old buddy Jacoby Myers in Vegas because Jimmy G's out of there. I'm just kidding. Just had to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us why Jimmy G is a buy. Yeah, we talk about or Aaron just brought up the unsexy pick and trying to get your quarterback too. But I'm bringing you the sexy pick. Uh, <laughs> bringing sexy back yeah <laughs> yeah um and you know i think it's important to have handsome players on your fantasy football roster. it doesn't hurt it'll, it'll make your girlfriend or your wife like fantasy football that much more <laughs> if she can root for the handsome ones right what about i always keep travis reasoning? kelsey around my wife like travis kelsey but i keep him around yeah yeah you might as well right what, what if that was it? What if I was like, all right, Aaron, take it away from Marcus Brown. <laughs> <laughs> a new metric on the player profiler, handsomeness rating, and he's through the roof. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? Um, this is only in Superflex. A face of the franchise metric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Um, but this is only in Superflex. I have to preface it with that mm-hmm. because there's no way you want Jimmy Garoppolo to lead your one QB team. Um, unless you're also rolling out like 2016 Julian Edelman in your flex. and No, no. If you get points for handsome features, yes, that is the only way you're using the lunch QB league. <laughs> like if you're going for the handsome roster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, all, the all dime team, the all dime piece, the man dimes. Love that. <laughs> but um, 
You know, I just think he's probably the cheapest startable Superflex quarterback, to be honest. Um, you definitely could have got him for cheaper before this uh, when he wasn't signed anywhere and wasn't necessarily starting. But I like the landing spot a lot with the Raiders. I really do. Devontae Adams, obviously one of the best wide receivers in the league. That's going to help. Hunter Renfro is an excellent slot receiver. He's reconnected with Jacoby Myers, another excellent, reliable slot receiver. So two slot receivers for him to throw to. The best slot receiver throwing quarterback in the league, mind you. The guy who can't throw it past the slot receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just I like the landing spot a lot. I think this is going to be one of the most efficient getting the ball forward type of offenses in the NFL next season. We're not going to be talking about a lot of points, but you're also going to be looking at a guy who's probably going to score two touchdowns a game pretty reasonably in Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's what I like about him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's only had three years where he played more than like six games, only three where he's played more than six games in those three seasons. He averaged 16 points a game. You can't complain about that at all. Over the last four years, he's had nine 20 plus games, a few of them were 30-point games. So, I mean, he has a decent ceiling, to be completely honest, when all things click. And believe it or not, last season, fourth in yards per attempt, second in pressure completion percentage, fourth in play-action completion percentage, fourth in deep ball catchable pass rate. I, you can't complain about that at mm -hmm. all. Like, and, and two years where he's had nearly 4,000 yards, I, I'm buying him. I'm buying him. I don't care. He's got good weapons. And last year, you know, another metric to add to all the good ones you just listed, 10th in fantasy points per drop back. Drop back. Yeah. So yeah. he's been efficient and he's got weapons. Like He had weapons in San Francisco, so this isn't an upgrade in weaponry, but it's certainly uh, a, still a good group of guys to yeah. throw the ball to, good running back. And, you know, they got high-end draft picks this year where they can continue to build around that team. So absolutely, I'm looking to buy – I'm totally on board to buy the, the crazy chicken, the galloping chicken, Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron, anything you'd like to add on Jimmy G before you start talking about Mr. Hollywood Brown? The one thing that I, I will miss about Jimmy Garoppolo is his extremely low price on best ball drafts because he was mm. always like at the tail end, the disrespect – you, you know, Twitter fantasy always has their guys they love, and they also have their guys they hate. You know, it's mm -hmm. always Garoppolo is there with like Taysom Hill, uh, Jamal Williams, until like people just fell in love with just the character of Jamal Williams. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Jason mentioned, like, it's sometimes you got to take your medicine, and it doesn't feel good, doesn't taste good. But looks good. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it looks good. But with Garoppolo, <laughs> like, it's, you know, I... I love looking at fantasy football from an NFL standpoint. Mm -hmm. like I, yep. I yep. spoke track. It's the best resource we have. Exactly. Exactly. It's if when you can start, we always get frustrated, right? DeAndre Swift is back in it, right? Because the Lions signed David Montgomery. But for years, right, the, the Lions kept telling us exactly what they thought of DeAndre Swift. I get it. The analytics look great. The profile looks great. For whatever reason, the NFL said, nah, we don't see it. And you can either sit there and keep fighting it over and over and over and taking L after L after L, or you can adjust. And with Garoppolo, it's like there will always be a place in the NFL. Yeah, yep. it's probably going to be a journeyman, but he's still going to be starting. And at the end of the day with fantasy football, too, when you're trying to build a roster, like you've got to have guys that start. Yep. I just thought of it. If he's your starting quarterback in one QB, you're building the humana, 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 humana lineup. Pretty good, yeah. right? Pretty good. <laughs> 
can that be a team name on Sleeper? Is there enough characters for that? I don't know how to exactly spell it. It would just be probably like a sound recording of just be going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know. So, Aaron, why should everyone buy Mr. Hollywood Brown? All right. So, when I came into the show, like reason I mentioned Chris Olave as a sell was just going, I want it to be a person you could actually sell and get something for, right? And likewise, when it comes to buys, uh, I'm glad that you guys brought in these quarterbacks because, like, sometimes people are like, buy Justin Jefferson. No one's selling, right? But Marquise Brown. <laughs> yeah. But Marquise Brown, like, people want to sell. And I know it's going to make me sound like a hypocrite. I kind of docked uh, Chris Olave for – I knocked him for his size. And here's Marquise Brown. But the thing I do like with Marquise Brown, he's been in the league for four years. And he's he is going to turn 26 entering this next season. And we've seen production from Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. Some of it wasn't so good with the Ravens years. But specifically with the Cardinals, like, I – try to avoid small sample sizes. But those first six weeks of the season, he was wide receiver seven in points per game at PPR leagues. He was on fire. Now, some people may kind of get the facts mixed up when they think of what happened after that because Hopkins was suspended six games, so people may go, oh, Marquise Brown was great Mm -hmm. when there wasn't Hopkins. And then Hopkins came back and Marquise Brown fell off a cliff. No, that wasn't the case. Jason alluded to it. There was an injury, specifically a high ankle sprain or, you know, on player profiler, they list it as a foot fracture. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like 99.9% sure it's high ankle sprain. And that's probably the same thing. I mean, it is, you messed up your foot pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a bad one. It's the injury last year that a lot of people are writing off Saquon Barkley. He's done. He's not the Barkley of old because he was trying to play with a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. That injury takes a while. He came back in six weeks, and I remember the starter sit questions I got because Marquise Brown was really good to start the season. Hey, he's going to play. Great. I tend to be pretty conservative when I'm giving starter sit advice. Players come back from an injury. Let's let let's watch him for a week. Let's see what happens because everyone gets pissed when – He goes out and runs, you know, gets like two or three targets. Like first came back from injury, guys. But right as like he was, you could tell like it wasn't quite right. It that's a hard injury to play through. Basically, the rest of your season you're you're screwed. But then on top of that, all of the quarterbacks got injured. Like Mm -hmm. before the 49ers, it was the Cardinals. The Cardinals losing all their quarterbacks. So with Marquise Brown, I'm willing to go. There's a lot of uncertainty. Like there is like, where does he fall? He's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver for a season, but Hopkins, Maddie, you mentioned this mm-hmm. Hopkins could get traded. I firmly believe he does, but I, even in my analysis go, even if Hopkins doesn't get traded, we still don't know what Marquise Brown will truly look like. Like what we saw playing alongside Hopkins mm-hmm. was high ankle sprain with not even Colt McCoy. It was like Trace McSorley, and there was someone else. David Blow. Blow. Yes. 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 When your quarterback's last name is Blow. David Hello. Blow. Hello. So with Marquise Brown, like the I also looked at the rankings. Like with Chris Olave, player profiler, we have him at wide receiver 35. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm not I, – I, I, I love the process that we have for rankings. But I see that, and I go – I don't agree with that one, but you know, we're going to have our guys that we don't agree. Keep trade cuts, not much better wide receiver 30. 
And the way I see it is 26 year old receiver that I truly believe the floor is he's he he is going to be a wide receiver too, maybe low end wide receiver too. That's what he's been the last couple of years. But you're getting him at the price of a wide receiver three in dynasty. I'll buy. Like he's not he's not ancient. You're still going to have like two three years of like prime years, right? And Marquise Brown uh, injuries are a bit of a concern, but I don't feel like you're going to have to go and give up like top assets to get Marquise Brown. So. Give me the guy that's kind of been disrespected. I will lean into the uncertainty a little bit of going, even if Hopkins remains. And I know Kyler Murray isn't playing the AC, probably not playing week one, but man, this is the perfect time to, to get those weapons, right? Because Kyler Murray clearly loved Marquise Brown he as did. well. So yeah. And he, give me Marquise he, Brown. And if Hopkins gets traded, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> I want to I want to add something though. Even with Hopkins in the lineup. When he returned from injury, these are his target logs from week 12 to the end of the season. 8, 8, 8, 6, 9, and then 4 in week 18. Good volume. Solid, solid volume. And then you look at his catches, 6, 4, 4, 3, 6, 1. That's probably just as much on the quarterbacks as it is anything else. When you have Trace McSwirly, David Blah, Colt McCoy, whoever, throwing him the football. Once again, me, Aaron, or Jason throwing the football at the end of the year. He was still able to... Gibby, you know, right under 10 points a game in those contests. So I do believe he uh, he's somewhere – he's not done yet. Also, speed doesn't evaporate like it used to, or at least maybe it doesn't for the outliers. Look at Deshaun Jackson. He's still getting in games and, you know, blowing past defensive backs. So his elite speed can absolutely stick around. Uh, the one thing I will ask you, though, is if someone to ask you, hey, Aaron, I love what you said on the trade cuts. You're super smart, super handsome, super awesome. What would would you potentially wait? Because if there is a a, a longer uh, period which Kyler is out, let's say he's out for the first half or more, is it good practice to wait to see if the value falls, or are we gambling too much? Because even with a bad quarterback, ten uh, targets, seven receptions, around a hundred yards is a really really good stat line so are you were you willing to wait are you saying no now's the time because we don't know what it'll look like when the season kicks off i'm gonna say now because i see one of the comments there harry snowman like friend of like the underworld i see him on all the shows right and back when i was talking about chris godwin he's like how's godwin gonna be with baker kyle trask at quarterback though the the thing with wide receiver is ultimately at the end of the day a volume is key mm-hmm. like I can tie it in with DJ Moore, right? Like DJ Moore with Baker Mayfield, not good. DJ Moore with Sam Darnold, all of a sudden good because Darnold actually threw him the ball. He threw him the ball. Uh, So with Marquise Brown, I would say now, because the other thing that I'm waiting for, right, is I do believe that Hopkins trade is coming. This is a bad Arizona team, really bad. There's a reason they have the third overall pick, despite the fact that they had a franchise quarterback. He got hurt late in the season, but they were losing games with them. Yeah, they were around 500 at that time. Exactly. So I'm trying to like beat the clock on like trading for Marquise Brown before they trade Hopkins. And even Colt McCoy is still there. He's still the backup QB. But when Hopkins was suspended, Brown was playing a different role. Like when Hopkins came in, he was kind of that that intermediate uh, receiver. And Marquise Brown went back to to the speed role. Mm-hmm. But when Hopkins was out, Marquise Brown was getting those targets. There's he the had reason a 17 the target game. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was getting peppered. With yeah. 
So yeah, I, so I agree. Volume I think now's the time. Yeah, yeah you got to do those, it now. And those passes were bad with the back quarterbacks because he was running deep routes, right? And typically a your backup QB, yep. yeah, your backup QB, they're, they're, they're there because they're really good at holding clipboards. They're not so good at throwing 20 yards down downfield. No. So, <laughs> right, right, right. so if Hopkins leaves, like Marquise Brown, he's the forgotten guy, right? Like in yeah. each week we go into the, into the dynasty off season, uh, I've, on the game plan with Maddie Kiwum, I talked about like how I would track every single week of like what happened with teams. It's important to do that for this reason, because this is narrative season. People are throwing mm-hmm. out all kinds of crazy narratives. The rookie draft is going to be the first one, but then right after that, it's already started with fantasy football takes. You're going to see some bad, bad fantasy football takes on Twitter that, uh, you you can cherry pick stats. You have to be careful with stats. You need to be you need to make sure you know the context with it. So a long winded answer, just going get Marquise Brown now. I think it's a good gamble to make. Yes, this is the time of year where perception is key and reality is thrown out the window. Everyone's takes are right. No one can be disproven because there is no football. So, yes, if the perception of Hollywood Brown is he's a wide receiver 40 in Dynasty, buy because he has yet to truly be that on a points-per-game basis. And he's still, like you said, 25 going into his age 26 season. So I'm looking to buy. Jason, anything you want to add to Mr. Hollywood Brown? Are you buying as well or are you thinking he's a holder sell? Definitely. And I just want to say the writing is on the wall on what's happening with Kyler Murray. Everyone listening right now, there were plenty of quarterbacks available. Jacoby Brissett comes to mind. Gardner Minshew comes to mind. Solid Jimmy Garoppolo, solid Baker Mayfield, sorry, (laughs) solid backups or fringe starters that were available. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, that's the only guy left that could maybe save Jameson Winston. But if, if Winston goes there, we're talking, he he resigned with the saints actually. Yeah. Um, Oh, he did. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's wants to back up their car for some reason, Uh, whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think if they were concerned about Kyler Murray missing more than a few games, they would have brought in one of these guys. They definitely would have. And so, um, I'm buying Marquise Brown. I'm buying any Arizona Cardinal receiver, to be honest. And, few weeks ago, I was buying Kyler Murray. I'm still spending my money for Kyler Murray. Yeah. <laughs> and all these dirty birds. Because in, in the words of their new head coach, shots, explosive. So absolutely buy some Hollywood Brown. I'm buying Mac Jones. Aaron's buying Hollywood Brown. And Jason's buying the handsome Jimmy Ooh. Garoppolo. But one thing you guys should all buy is Aaron Stewart. Aaron, thank you so much for joining the Trade Gods. You were great. You were awesome. You absolutely killed it. You yeah. came in and dropped the hammer of the gods on our list. So thank you. So make sure you tell all of our lovely listeners where they can find you, where they can get your content, all that good stuff. All right. My, Twitter is my main pl- uh, platform that I use for social media. I'm a bit of a smart ass. I got to have some fun with it because Twitter fantasy gets a little crazy, but you it can does. follow me. Fun. Yeah, you can follow me at AaronStew09 on Twitter. It's I'm there to have a good time. I mean, look for the big beard with a player profiler P behind behind his head. <laughs> like, that's, that's me. Uh, the notable things that I do, it's been a little while since I've written an article, but you will see my articles from time to time. The key thing I've been doing lately is I mentioned him, Chris Buonagara from Fantasy Intelligence Network. Really smart guy. He's literally with Player Profiler helping people win their fantasy leagues. 
Him and I are very active on Discord. We actually have a show on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's a basketball show, but sometimes we get we get a long window. We we just we go we go all the time. We we have our rants. We talk about some of the ridiculous things that we're seeing on Twitter. The people that are misleading uh, the loyal underworld, you know, because Twitter don't go for it for <laughs> fantasy analysis. Please don't. But that's been my big project of just going like, yeah, hop on Discord. We really want to get that thing growing there. Discord.gg slash player profiler, I believe. Mm -hmm. I forget what like the official URL is. <laughs> I think it's chat. I think it's uh it's backslash chat. Yeah. Yeah. Player profile okay. backslash chat. Yep. Whew. Absolutely. No, definitely join the Discord because we're all there and we're talking 24 7. Aaron, thank you so much. Jason, tell our lovely listeners where they can find you on social and where they can gobble up your content. Yeah. Uh J Football Wine on Twitter, the Instagram, the Roto Underworld Instagram. Please oh, yeah. follow oh, yeah. that. All every week. Just please follow that. And uh, the Discord every once in a while. I'm hopping in there answering some questions. That was already plugged. And here every Thursday night and Monday through Friday in the mornings, 10 a.m. You can find me on Wake and Take. Wake and Take, my new favorite morning show. Love it. Tune in all the time, even if it's just to razz my boy Jason because yep. he does an absolute great job. Check that out. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kewum. Check out the game plan. Comes at you live every single Saturday. Both of these handsome gentlemen have made an appearance before, and I think they're going to make a couple more before it's all said and done. And you can also check all three of us out. We are all going to make appearances on the Mock Draft show that comes out Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We'll all be on there, so make sure you're tapping into that. Go to the Discord player profile slash chat. You can get Aaron, Jason, myself, and all the other members of the Underworld talking football 2007. Go ahead and follow our Twitter handle at TradeGodsFF. And while you're in the following mood, follow both of our TikTok accounts at player profile and profiler underscore NFL. Aaron's absolutely slicing and dicing, editing these absolute great content that we have going out on the tiktok so make sure you're checking all that out smash the like button on this video and hit subscribe to the player profiler youtube channel he's jason online i'm maddie Kiwum. we were joined by the great aaron student we're the trade gods come on back next week peace